Hi, and welcome to the latest episode of the Good Works Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about the magic of movies and how it helps us see into worlds that we then bring back to our grant making. And as always, please stay with us until the end when we'll tell you what we're looking forward to. listened throughout the past year, uh, Sarah and I have been recording separately from either our homes or our offices or from blanket forts. Um, but now we are recording in our usual basement recording studio area in the Community Foundation in person without <laughs> masks on because we are fully vaccinated. Yay! <laughs> Yay is right. And I know that um, being fully vaccinated, there's still a lot of time to wear your mask Mm -hmm. and that's important. So please be paying attention to all of those guidelines. But when you are in a very small space or I'm sorry, a small group in an indoor space and everyone is fully vaccinated, the news we're hearing from the CDC is it's okay to take those masks off and have some fun and have some hugs and Oh, I'm so excited. I think it was this time last year when we were doing the podcast, we kept saying, the next podcast we hope to be in person. <laughs> and then the fall, we hope to be in person, but we're really here. So I'm so excited. Oh, I've missed you so much. I know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So today we're doing something a little different. We've never talked about this before, but last night, and I'm not sure when you will hear this friend listening, but for our last night, it was the Oscars. And it was a really strange year. The movies were smaller and less, you know, not the big blockbuster experience of movies, Um, but some really great stories were told. And that got us thinking about movies in general and how we find ourselves leaning on movies to help us see into different kinds of lives. So some examples from last night that I thought I would bring up Um, One is, it didn't get a ton of awards, but it was nominated for several, is Promising Young Woman. Mm -hmm. And this is, I I don't want to get into the details because I would want to discuss trigger warnings. But what I would say is, that's the kind of movie that if a man were to watch, they would be able to find themselves seeing uh, rape, sexual assault, the aftermath from a very different perspective. Mm -hmm. And then similarly... The Sound of Metal is about someone who loses their hearing as an adult and has to learn to become a deaf person. Mm -hmm. And how hard that is. That's Mm -hmm. a huge transition. And um, my husband actually said he found it a very compelling opportunity to walk in someone's shoes. And that one for sound design, because it uses sound extraordinarily creatively to take you through that journey. So you do get the experience of what that his hearing loss certainly has um, a progression, and you experience that as the viewer. Right. So, Sarah, we were texting last night during the Oscars, (laughs) um, and I just was wondering, as you think about movies, what are some movies that have taken you on a journey that then you've been able to bring that journey, that those learnings, back to your work? Yeah. um, So that's an interesting question. Um, First, I have to say, the first movie you said, what was it? Promising? Promising Young Woman. Okay. So... (laughs) Funny story. 
I was at a baseball tournament this past weekend, and I got a text from one of my best girlfriends who said, "This is not a this is not a request. This is not a favor. This is a demand. You must watch this movie, and we must discuss it afterwards All because right. it was so it's profound and um, powerful." So that's on my list. I haven't watched it. Now I'm going um, through the rolodex in my mind of trying to guess which of your best friends that was. So when we're not recording <laughs> later, I'm going to ask you. Okay. okay. <laughs> Um, but of that, so yeah, this was a really interesting year, and I found that I actually watched many more of the movies that were up for different Oscars than I have in the past because they were available on Netflix. It, you know, movie theaters have been shut down and stuff like that. So, um, and being housebound mm-hmm. a lot of the time, I found myself you know watching more, which was exciting. And the the variety of movies were really. Um, phenomenal I agree. in my opinion I agree we got to see a lot of different faces and experiences yeah. represented on film this year holy smokes and one of my favorites I have to talk about is my octopus teacher I cried during that I mean it was so so it's a, it's a story of a relationship between an octopus in south in the who was living in the south african kelp field okay garden I'm not sure what that's called but lots of kelp um, and this diver and um, the stories about the bond that humans can have with nature and with animals. And it just, it demonstrated this bond over time and the octopus growing from a baby to, you know, an adult octopus and the octopus recognizing the diver. And it was, it was beautiful. And you're, you know, at the bottom of the ocean and just everything, it's very calming and, um, some sad stuff happens too. And, um, it, yeah, it was just gorgeous. So it just reminds me of um, that there's not this separation between human and nature. Absolutely. That we're all part of this beautiful, difficult, wonderful world. So And so that one best uh, feature-length documentary. Yeah, and oh, fabulous. So that, that's an exciting win for that, that movie. And it reminds me of when we're talking about grant-making to animal welfare organizations, mm-hmm. particularly the one you think of animal shelters and, and programs that right. help place animals with people. It's important to make those grants for the animals. Right. But those are in their own way human services grants because what we know is there are people that will take better care of themselves because they have to be there for their pet. Right. Exactly. So we see people who um, suffer from depression that will get up Mm -hmm. out of bed to walk their dog. And without that dog, they might not put their feet on the ground. Right, right. So the relationship between humans and nature and animals um, is a tremendous part Mm -hmm. of the world we live in and does come into grant making. We have these conversations. Oh, yeah. Um, And also, so the trend of um, animal shelters and welfare welfare organizations um, opening up pet food pantries. Yes. So folks who are low income or going through a difficult time, maybe out of work or whatever, can keep their pet instead of bringing them to the shelter, um, you know, they can access food. And for anyone listening to this that's local here in the Finger Lakes, there is a pet food pantry at the Chemung County SPCA and Humane Society on Route 352. So if you didn't know about that, take advantage of that go get some food if that's something you're struggling with sometimes it's hard enough to feed yourself right. feed your family and inc- you know i would include your pets in your family right, yeah. so go take go go find out what's available there for you um might be exactly what you need yep all right yeah. so what's another movie that has um, spoken to you 
For me, so, okay, so not Oscar-related from what happened last night, but there are two movies that have kind of stuck with me for all of my lifetime. Um, One that I was very young and watching, and um, hopefully folks will remember this. It's a sort of a fantasy movie. The never-ending story with a big furry dog who flies, Falcor. Love Falcor. Um, and Atreyu and oh. Sebastian. and <laughs> I wanted my own Falcor so badly yeah. when I saw that movie. Oh, my gosh. I, I think it's a great it's movie. It's such a great movie. And now as an adult, like looking back on that movie through very adult, you know, eyes and, you know, kind of the world in the movie, you know, it's about this fantasy world called Fantasia and they're fighting against the nothing that will destroy everything. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think we have examples of that in the real world, you know, whatever you want to call the nothing in your life, we're, we're always, you know, um, um, I want. It's not like a survival type of thing, but there's always things in our lives that we want to fight, that we want to overcome, or challenges. And I think that the movie really represents the best of us and um, and the difficulties of of being a human being too, and fighting whatever the nothing is that we define. So that's one of my all time favorites. <laughs> well, and I I'm so glad you brought up fantasy. Yeah. Um, because interestingly, we talk a lot about grant making. We've talked on this podcast before. Is as is more of an art than a science. Mm-hmm. We use numbers, metrics, all of that, but there's an art to it. And you have to be able to imagine a better, a better world made possible by the work you're looking to fund. Right. If you can't imagine it, you can't fund it. Right. So it's so great that you have this love of fantasy. Yeah. Because that's what we're trying to do. We want to achieve the best possible life for all of the people that we're serving. Right. And part of that is looking at the bright possibilities and then part of that is acknowledging the darkness and the things you have to overcome. Exactly. And just like you said, imagining um, um, the possibilities. But as grant makers, when it, we're talking to our panelists, one of the questions I often say is, imagine imagine participating in this program, or imagine one of your kids participating in this summer opportunity. You know, is it something that you yourself would attend, go to, mm-hmm. support, whatever? Um, because so much of what we do is, you know, we're part of this community, um, and we're seeing and we're going to all these places that we happen to fund also as a community foundation. So... Um, I think that's a really important question. But turning it back to you, what are some of yeah. your favorites? Well, so interestingly, what you just said, asking people to imagine life in a different in a different world or in you know in a different neighborhood, if yeah. you will. Um, two movies from Oscars past that came to my mind are Moonlight and Slumdog Millionaire. I love it. Yeah. So both really great movies, both (laughs) big winners at the Oscars for great reasons. And since they really go so deep into some very individual lived experiences, you can think to yourself, okay, what if I were a black man growing up in a in a very specific place? They're both really rooted in place. And we're place make we're we're place based grant makers. Right. Um, I actually found Slumdog Millionaire so hard to watch. Hard. I had a really visceral reaction, and mm-hmm. I saw it in the movie theater um, sitting next to my best friend, Cindy. So I don't know if you'll hear this, Cindy. <laughs> and I remember about halfway through whispering, we were at the Palace Theater in Corning, whispering to you, saying, I can't handle any more of this. Can we just go to the cellar, please? <laughs> and you, Cindy, said, no. You finished this movie. Like, she basically was like, come on now. 
Yeah. I'm glad that she didn't let me wimp out. Um, <laughs> but there was just so much happening in the slums of India yeah. that it was hard to watch. But of course, she was right. I needed to watch it. I needed yeah. to see it. Yeah. I needed to sit there and, you know, take like my privilege glasses off for another hour and make it through. Right. Um, so that's when I watch something really challenging so that I can then take that feeling and think, okay, the way I feel right now should press me, should, should uh, create an energy and an engine to make sure that world changes. Mm-hmm. If I have a hard time watching it for two hours, this is life for millions of people right. for generations. Yeah. Um, so that, those both really transported me. That's and a I little saw, bit. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. And I saw both on the theater and big screen, <laughs> yeah. and there was something about that as well. Yeah, I was just going to say that's. Um, I watched the U.S. versus Billie Holiday. I've yes. always been a huge Billie Holiday fan. Love her music, um, and watching that was hard for lots of reasons. Um, just the you know systemic injustices that we've known yeah. have happened, but just to see that and to understand that story more, and to see how Billy was targeted for being a yes. black woman um, in the United States, and and was trying like even at her deathbed, yes, was still being targeted. You know, handcuffed to the bed, and I mean, like it was raw and really really difficult to watch, but. So powerful for me as a white woman mm-hmm. to to have that visual in my brain so that I can continue to do the work I need to do in correcting a lot of those things that happen. That was such a powerful performance yeah. and um, sad to see that Andre Day wasn't awarded, right. I but... I think she was recognized and, you know, seeing a singer take that step into acting, maybe we're going to see more from her. Yeah, I hope so. She was tremendous. Um, And then one more thing to touch on about movies is that they can also take us to very different places in time. Mm -hmm. And so you had mentioned a movie that takes us back a little bit. Yeah. So one of my favorites is Stand By Me. Mm -hmm. Um, Not so much for, you know, the boys finding the dead body and, you know, some (laughs) of that sort of, which I think is like the the real side story to that's not as important as the relationships that Mm -hmm. each of those boys have with each other and going on an adventure and um, coming together and learning about each other and um, learning about their individual stories and circumstances. And it, it just, it was really relevant to me when, when I first watched it and, and now as an adult is to, um, to always remember that we come from different places, we have different backstories, mm-hmm. but we could, we're all human. Yes. We can all come together, find commonalities, and search for the dead body together. Hopefully not. <laughs> Hopefully but. <laughs> not. But, but right. And that, yeah, so much of our work is about making sure people make connections with the community. Yeah. Just so that th- that's how they can really feel so fully alive and also feel so special and, and you know, a part of their place. Exactly. Yeah. I love that movie. <laughs> so a movie that I revisit really often um, that takes me back hundred years is Iron Jawed Angels, which is a story of the suffrage movement. Um, As a white woman, I see white women fighting hard. Mm -hmm. Now, what we know about the movement is that it wasn't complete. We know that a lot of people were left out of that suffrage movement. So by mentioning this movie, I don't want to make light of what's missing, but I do want to say that the 
seeing what that particular, it's about a very particular group of women that really were, you know, existed. This is a real life story, um, particularly of the time they spent imprisoned and on a hunger strike. And without that hunger strike, there's really pretty much a great chance that 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 amendment would not have passed that year. And rather than celebrating the 100th centennial, you know, we might be talking about 80 years of voting rights, 70 years of voting rights. There are moments, and if you miss them, you miss a generation. Right. So I like revisiting that movie to see people that look like me, sound like me, doing something that's so big that I take a lot of energy away from that. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's... That's the power of movies and being able to see things happen. You know, we can we get so much from reading mm-hmm. or hearing and listening and things like that. But um, even even though sometimes movies miss the point or yes. you know over dramatize a point, um, I think it's very powerful to be able to see things actually happen—the good and the bad—and mm-hmm. um, yeah, just makes a better experience. And a movie, to, to end on this movie note, that we recently, both of us watched, and actually our whole staff watched, along with our board, we watched at home safely, socially distanced, right. but we all watched the documentary I Am Not Your Negro, uh, which takes the writing, the last writing of James Baldwin. He started a book before he died, and so 30 pages were left behind. It takes those 30 pages and turns it into a full feature-length documentary about the lives of three particular leaders in the civil rights movement that were lost to assassination. Mm -hmm. It's phenomenal. It links the 1960s to contemporary day. I don't want to give anything else Mm -hmm. away because it's done in a very creative, um, it's really unlike any other documentary I've ever seen. So I'm going to pause there because (laughs) I want to say, go watch it if you haven't watched it yet. Um, We had a wonderful, very lengthy and in-depth conversation as an organization after we watched it. And I would hope that you also might watch it and talk about it with some friends. So that's I Am Not Your Negro. Um, It was nominated for Best uh, Feature-Length Documentary, lost to OJ's Made in America. Um, So there's a little Oscar trivia for you. Um, So with all of that, we hope that maybe we've reminded you of a favorite movie from your past or made you think about a movie that's always touched you. Maybe you're asking yourself now, wow, what did I learn from that? How could I incorporate that into my activism, my volunteerism? And is there a world that I don't know very well? Could I go find a movie that takes me there? Right. That's a great idea. So other than watching lots of movies. <laughs> I know. I have another whole yeah. list of movies that I haven't seen that I need to. Yeah, that happened. we didn't even talk about Mulan. I, I mean, know. I, and we, Mulan was so good. And Just so did, many good movies. We didn't even touch on Best Picture winner at right. all, um, which was Nomadland. Right. So. Top a whole other day, a whole other day. Um, that's going to be our spinoff podcast. That's right. Sarah and Randy talk about movies. <laughs> Part two. <laughs> um, but what are you looking forward to um, in the next few weeks? So um, this week in particular, um, school for my kiddo has gone to four days a week. So I'm really excited for him, for all the kids who yes. are going back to school, for the teachers, um, and sort of selfishly most of all the parents yes <laughs> who can now go back to work you know if, mm-hmm. if that works um in their life or um feel like things are a bit normal for that I just think it's the it's another positive step towards whatever our world is going to look like more vaccinations more yes. kids going to school um it just feels really really good 
So I could not agree more. Yeah. I love it. I love for everyone, the littles, the bigs, um, yeah. everyone needs to be in the building. I like sure. how in Corning, where we're parents in the Corning district, uh, the superintendent there talks about having all the hawks back in the nest. Oh, I love that. And oh. um, that really, yeah, that has really resonated what with me. What could they see from Elmira? Yeah, all the all kids th- back on the train? Yes. See? We're <laughs> the look express. at that. The express. <laughs> all the kids back it. on the train. I love it. That makes me think of the Polar Express. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> What are you looking forward to? So um, I think lots of people who listen to this or who know me personally know I'm a big band mom. Like that's a big part of my identity. Mm-hmm. So recently with the changes that allowed for four-day-a-week instruction for most kids, um, it also has allowed for music instruction to shrink from 12 feet to 6 feet apart. Great. And that is a game changer. Yeah. So now our music students all over are able to come together as a band. Oh, that's great. And um, – either indoors in very large spaces like gyms and theaters and auditoriums or outdoors on fields. So the bands that have been playing, you know, with half a section because they've been very separate now are coming together and experiencing music again in person. Um, And it's also then allowing our drama departments to come together and put shows on. Oh, that's wonderful. So there are going to be some in-person high school theater opportunities if you're looking – Nothing yet I can really announce because all of the kinks are being worked out, but I know all the districts are figuring this out in real time. And what we know is that music and theater, those are lifelines for some yeah, kids. Is, yeah. And that has they've, they've done their very best for the past year, but nothing feels like coming together and creating music and art together. Oh, I love that. So that is something I'm looking forward to um, seeing on stages in fields and wherever I can, wherever I can be near it. That's great. Well, Sarah, this is so exciting. Well, it's been a fun conversation. I know. I love talking about movies. I love talking about movies, too. (laughs) Um, Sneak peek for next month. We don't usually do this, but it is scholarship season. So I'm just going to tease that next month we're going to have some very special guests. (laughs) And if you could imagine, um, put those two ideas together, you've probably figured out what I'm talking about. So until next time, um, I've really enjoyed this conversation. We can't wait to talk with you again next month on the Good Works Podcast. Music.